I want to start off really simple with you guys. Uh, I just have a couple of pictures I want to show you, and this is what we're going to do. There's going to be a picture up there, and you guys are going to try to guess what it is, and then the second picture will reveal what it is. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Okay, sweet. You guys are engaging. That's good. Okay, first picture, if we can get it up. What is that? An apple, somebody says. Somebody says a bone. What is that? Mark, what's that? Apple stem. Flower stem. What is it? It's an apple. Next picture, please. What is that? Pepper. We hear pepper. What else is it? It's not a pepper. So what else could it be? Fire extinguisher. Red. Something red. Tomato. Wow. After a weather like this, maybe. No. Could be, though. Who knows? Okay, can we zoom out? It's a Coca-Cola bottle. Next photo. What is that? Pencil. Somebody says pencil. What else could it be? Okay, nobody. Okay, they're, they're on it. Okay, what is this one? It's a pencil. Next one. Avocado. Watermelon, maybe. Mold. No, it's not mold. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's a plant. No, you guys had the right idea with the apple. It's the top of a plant. There you go. Reveal it. Tomato. Is that the last one or is there one more? Okay, there's one more. What's this? A hammer. To press garlic. I, I don't know if that's an action or is that a thing or what is that? But To press garlic. Survey said. What is it? No, it's a lighter. Is that all of them or is there one more? I think that's it, yeah? Okay, that's it. Let's pray. <laughs> Father God, I thank you so much that you are in this place, God. Holy Spirit, you say that where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are amongst us, God. We've already heard testimonies that you're moving. Father, I don't believe that you've stopped moving. I believe you're moving right now, God, and you're going to continue to move. Holy Spirit, I just pray that every single person in here tonight, God, whatever they came with, Father, that we leave changed, Father, that we're willing to change, God, when we leave. Holy Spirit, I thank you so much. I just pray, God, that you lead tonight. Tonight is all about you, Jesus, and we give you room. We give you room in our hearts. We give you room in this time that we have here gathered, Lord, and I just thank you, God. I thank you so much for every single person here, God, because they have purpose, God. They have meaning, Father. And by your stripes, God, we are saved, God. And you were willing to go out and die for every single person here, God. I just pray they don't lose the sight of their value, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can I tell you that you can be here and you can miss the very reason why you're here. Has anybody went to church and they left and they're like, I don't even remember what the person was talking about. I've been there so many times where I can be sitting there, but I'm not actually there. It's interesting that in the very depths of the crowd, in the very presence of God, we can miss what he has for us. And we can sometimes make it super spiritual and be like, oh, because of this happened last week. But sometimes it's just as simple as silencing your phone. Isn't that wild that the devil can rob what God has for you here, right now, just with a simple notification? Or with a simple idea, or with a simple just train of thought that's lost. Like I can, just a number of times, I can remember just sitting there and like I'm trying to focus, but I can't. 
And I just have to just continue to try to focus. So tonight, I want to challenge you and encourage you. If we're here gathered for a purpose, let that purpose be him. And let's just take this moment and really just give it up to Jesus. Man, I know God is in this place and God is moving. And so we're talking about worship. We're talking about praise. Um, and we're kind of bouncing off what George was saying. Does anybody remember the three points that George got to? Nobody. Worship only unto God. Worship is for every believer. And worship is an eternal act. Thank you, Alice. Somebody get her a cookie after service. I encourage you guys to take notes because you're not going to remember. Even sometimes when we take notes, we still don't remember. But that's what the notes are for. Worship. Such a powerful thing and praise, such a powerful thing. Um, if you guys want to already start flipping to where we're going to be reading from, it's going to be in John chapter 4. Worship. Um, I was looking it up online and I was just kind of finding different definitions of what I thought worship is and what in my heart I felt like worship is. And worship, the best definition I can come up with or find is worship is an art of losing self in adoration of another. Worship is the art of losing self in the adoration of another. Worship is forgetting about self, making yourself less so that someone is made more. Now, what I want to challenge you guys here tonight is this is just going to be like, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, don't expect something super crazy fancy. Like, I don't have anything. It's all towards him. Like, I'm just here just trying to direct our train of thought because it's so limited, and we're so quick to lose our train of thought. So we're going to be reading from John chapter 4, and we're going to be reading from, so back, background, just because I don't want to read the whole thing. This is Jesus, and he's coming up to the well, and there's the woman at the well, and she's at the well, and Jesus comes up to her, and he starts talking to her, and she's like talking to him, oh, how can you get water? I want this water. He's like, drink from this water, you'll never thirst again. She's like, I want to drink this water. And so long story short... She finds out he's the Messiah because he says, hey, you have many husbands. And she's like, oh, truly you're a man of God. So in verse 19 is where we're going to pick up. So right, so I'll just read 17 real quick. She said, I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you are with right now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. So clearly he revealed something to her that she could not have known on her own. They're on screen. This is awesome. Okay. Um, verse 19. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped. Everybody say worshipped. On this mountain. Everybody say mountain. But you Jews claim that the place we must worship is in Jerusalem. Say Jerusalem. Okay, say worshipped. Mountain. Jerusalem. What this means is that in the Old Testament and in this time and age, what they're doing is they worship God at these places. So the Jews go to Jerusalem, and the woman, because they're Samaritans, they go out to the mountain to, uh, to worship God. And so she's saying, hey, you guys are supposed to be worshiping in the Jerusalem, but that's the holy place, and we have to worship up in the mountain. And so Jesus replies, verse 21, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come 
when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit. When I first read this, I read it, and I'm like, okay, this is what Jesus, and some of us, this is what we're understanding, is that when we come to the mountain, when we come to Jerusalem, we must worship in spirit and in truth. So what that means is, man, maybe just come, every single time we come to church, we just really just get on our knees, and we just acknowledge that God is the truth. But that's not what Jesus is saying. Let's read it again. So verse 21, it says, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain, everybody say mountain, nor in Jerusalem, say Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know, we worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit, everybody say spirit, and in truth, everybody say truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. See, this is such a Jesus moment. What he's doing is he's comparing two things that are non-comparable to each other. What she's saying is, do we worship on the mountain or in the temple? He's saying, you don't worship on the mountain nor the temple. You worship in spirit and in truth. You guys don't hear me. This is going to mess you up. What they did was they limited God to the mountain where they thought that he's supposed to be worshipped. Or into Jerusalem, which is the holy city, which is by law the right way to go. And he says, no, listen, woman, you are mistaken. You don't go to the mountain. You don't go to the city. You worship in spirit and in truth. What does it mean to worship in spirit? Whenever we say worship, they say praise is giving thanks to God for everything that is done. Worship is making his name lifted high. And I get it, that's like with songs specifically. But worship is much more than just a song. When it says in spirit and in truth, what, this is such a Jesus moment where he's saying, listen, it's neither here nor there. It's actually in spirit and in truth. And the time has come now. In spirit, what that means. Spirit, and I was just looking it up, just finding different theologies. Not theology, sorry. This is all under the same theology, I promise. It's all Christian. Different professors. And what they interpret this as. And basically the very simple definition that I can find. Spirit and truth, what that means is with your heart and with your mind. Your spirit is a combination of your heart and your mind. That's why when people say, man, I've just given it all, given it my whole spirit. Like they're super passionate. You can feel the spirit. You can feel their heart. And their mind aligns with it. So it says, with your heart and mind and truth. Come on, guys. Who is the truth? Jesus. Jesus. So... George mentioned this really quickly last time. But it kind of hit me like a pound of bricks. So what it's saying, let's just get this again. So she knows the only way to worship God is on the mountain because that's where they get God. The Jews only go to Jerusalem because that's where they get God. Now Jesus says, you must worship me with all of your heart, your mind, and you must in spirit and in truth. Meaning in truth being Jesus is the truth. And the truth doesn't change. So withhold your heart and your whole mind that Jesus is the truth and the truth does not change. These are the worshipers that God is looking for. Isaiah chapter 29 verse 13. You guys don't have to flip there. The Lord says, these people come near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is based on merely human rules and have been taught. 
Can I ask you, have you been taught how to worship God? Oftentimes, whenever we're at church, and this is where we categorize our church. Again, this is Jesus saying, listen, you don't, you don't worship God on the mountain, in Jerusalem, at church, in your life group, in your car when you're listening to Christian music, when you're not listening to Christian music. That's not where you worship me. You worship me in spirit and in truth and everything you do. So Isaiah, what he's writing here is, their mouths come, so they said, people honor me, sorry, people come near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based merely on human rules and have been taught. What this tells me is that when we read these words, when we're here together, this could be just tradition that's taught to you and you're not actually worshiping God. You can just be in here because it's a nice place to be. It's a safe environment. But you're missing the whole point. You can praise God without worshiping him. But you can't worship him without praising him. And praise and worship is such a mixture, such a powerful, powerful tool. tool. And the devil is just out there to get your worship. Now, why worship? It started to hit me like, we always, we're talking about it. It's a series. What about worship? And it'll change everything. Worship changes everything. As we mentioned, worship is not just words. It's not just cleverly put together rhythms. Worship is not at church. Worship is not in your life group. Worship alone, Jesus says it himself, in spirit and in truth. I don't know about you guys, but for me personally, sometimes when our worship team's up there, I'm up here and I'm not even saying anything. I don't even have to say anything. And I'm just in awe of what God has done and is doing in this moment. And I feel like my worship at this moment is stronger than it's ever been without saying a single word. See, these are the kind of worshipers that God is looking for. These are the kind of worshipers that God is looking for. Now, why, again, do we worship? Not only because, as uh, Alice mentioned, she had her notes, that God alone is only worthy of worship, which is 100% true. But there's, I feel like there's so much more to worship that we can get. How do I want to do this? Joe, can you grab a chair and just put it up here? Any chair. It can be your chair. It can be the chair behind you. Yep, there you go. Perfect. Just put it up facing. Yep, there we go. That's good. Thank you. Can we get up for Joe? And he bows down. Such a Joe thing to do. As if he just saved the cap from a tree or something. I wonder, has anybody actually ever done that? No? It's just a myth, not urban legend. Nobody ever saves cats from the trees. Okay, bear with me, guys. You guys still here? Worship. Worship, again, my definition that I liked, and that was the easiest way to understand it. Worship, an art of losing self in adoration of another. He's going to the end of the Bible. You know, he's going to Revelations. Some of you guys just don't know. A throne is fit for a king. This is going to be our throne. It's not straight. A little better. So, back in the old days, back in the days of kings and princesses, 
besides England, those guys need to catch up. Um, this was the king. Okay, there's nobody there, but that's totally fine. I want you to picture a king. What would happen is when a king would enter another territory and they would be at war, oftentimes you'll see that they spare the king of the other country that they're invading. Now the reason they do this is so that this is actually legitimate in history. They'll take that king and they'll actually tie him down to the throne room so that when other messengers and other people come into the presence of this king, he'll see the other nations and crowns that he's conquered. Does that make sense? What they're doing, this is a flex show basically of kings. They're trying to say, hey, don't mess with me. This kingdom, you mess with them, he messed with them, he messed with them, he messed with them. All of them are here or their heads are here or their crowns are here. They're done. What happens when we worship? What happens when we worship is when we're giving God what he's due, heaven starts coming down on earth. When we give God what he's due in spirit and in truth, hold with me. Every single person that would be under dominion of the king, you know what happened? So every single person that would come into the presence of the king, automatically they would bow. And they would just, like, if you get up, your head's rolling. Mordecai. Perfect example, that was the, Haman was uh, Mordecai, sorry, the king's second in command. And for not bowing, he almost got killed and impaled. So the king, every single person bows when the king is there. I thought you were going to bow with me for a second. I'm like, okay, okay, that's cool. So everybody is bowing, right? Revelations. This is the throne room of God. This is not going to be long. If we can actually get somebody on the keys, and then we're just going to worship God. This is Revelations chapter 4, verse 4. You can read along if you'd like, but this is mind-blowing. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on the 24 were elders. I'm going to pause there for a second. Elders... What that's referring to is people like Abraham. Whenever an elder, even example, Pastor Sergey is the elder of our church. How many of you guys have ever felt that whenever Pastor Sergey, Pastor Roman, or George, they're encountering God and they just fall on their face, you get filled with the Holy Spirit right then and there? Have you guys ever had that? You know what I'm talking about? Whenever you see one of our leaders bow down in the presence of God, you're like, oh shoot, like dude, this is real, this is happening. Because you respect that person, you see something's happening, and you know that God is in the place. So check this out. Surrounding the throne were 24 th other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumbling, and peals of thunder. That's good. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These were the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures. And they were covered with eyes, in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face of a man. And the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they would never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. 
And again, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come, surrounding the throne room of God. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to Him, who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him, who sits on the throne, and worship Him, who lives forever and ever. They lay down their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power. For you created all things, and by you all things were created and have, be and have their being. When you call and you put God in his right place, when God is put where he needs to be put, through your worship, through your spirit and truth, everything in your life, in your life gets put where it needs to be put because he has dominion over everything in your life. Whenever you allow God and whenever you enter the throne room of God, everything else, notice in your life, whenever we have a serious encounter here, whenever God is moving, and it's so easy to forget about everything else because when he's put in his rightful place, everything else is put in its rightful place. Sometimes, just like we were with the pictures, we're so focused on something so small that we can miss the whole point. We can focus on just these words. We can focus on just these traditions, these man-made traditions that Isaiah talks about. And we can miss the whole bigger picture because our perspective has not been changed. When you come into the presence of the king, your perspective starts changing. When you come into the presence of the king, everything, everything, everything bows down. The four living creatures cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. What kind of God do you serve? Most of us, most of us, actually I'm going to be careful with my words, some of us, the reason that we only come to Sunday services and are filled with the Spirit of God is because He doesn't sit on the throne in your life on all areas of your life. See, when we worship God, what we're doing is this is a sacred place because it's not in a temple anymore. It's not on a hill. It's not at church. It's not in your life group. But it's a sacred place where heaven meets earth and the King of Kings sits upon His throne and rightfully so and everything bows down before Him. That includes your depression. That includes what you think you are. That includes your self-worth. That includes who other people say you are. Because when he's on the throne, everything is where it needs to be. So what worship does, worship changes our perspective. Worship can make us not go crazy. We're not saying that things around us are happening. We're saying that he still sits on the throne. It doesn't matter what's going on with me. It doesn't matter what my neighbor says. He did not fall off his throne. In fact, it says the elders, these are the leaders of time, the leaders of everything. What did they do? Guys, if the elders bow down before the king of kings and they take off their crowns before him, crying, holy, holy is the Lord that was slain. What are we doing? Some of us can be so distracted, even here at church, where it's such an easy environment to come into the presence of God. No wonder you can't come into the presence of God whenever you go past this Sunday service. You can't even pay attention for a short 20 minutes. What worship does when we worship in spirit and in truth, it changes your perspective.
It changes of what you think it is. It changes your reality. It changes everything about you. I don't know about you. I've had days where it's been so rough. It's been so hard. And I start worshiping God. And all of a sudden, even though my situation hasn't changed, my heart has changed. And because my heart has changed and I put him on the throne, everything else changes. And quite frankly, everything else doesn't matter. you guys all to stand up and come to the front and I want you to stand this is for an illustration everybody come up to the front come on up I have the mic I can do whatever I want I need this for the illustration to work correctly. I need you guys to come up. Like we need to fit almost. Yeah, within, you guys come this way a little bit. Perfect. That's good. I've always wanted to do this. Now I'm getting to do it. Okay. Check this out. We're going to be reading from Mark chapter five. Okay, verse twenty-one. Do I want to read that? Okay, we'll just read the background a little bit. When Jesus had again crossed over to the boat to the other side to the lake, a large crowd had gathered around him. While he, while he was by the lake, one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with them. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. A woman. Okay, Jesus, we're going to have Jesus be by Daniel over there. A woman says and a woman with the bleeding of 12 years she had suffered a great deal under many care of many doctors and spent all she had yet instead of getting better she got worse when she heard about Jesus she came up from behind in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought if I could just touch his clothes I will be healed. Immediately, when? Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt her body that was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people in the crowd against you, his disciples answered. And yet you still ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell, around, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear. And told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Another example. Blind man. Jesus is on that side now. He says, the blind man cried out, Jesus, son of David. I'm going to open my eyes so I don't crash into anybody. Have mercy on me. And what does it say? It says the people said, silence. Don't bother the master. Yeah, he continued, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Listen, when he got to Jesus, something happened. When he got and encountered Jesus, something happened in his reality. 
When that woman of blood suffering went through the crowd, something happened to her. Sometimes we can get so lost in the crowd, so lost in other people's revelation that we forget to worship God in spirit and in our personal truth because what God wants is not my praise from you, not my worship from you. He wants your worship. So when this woman and this man Although there was a lot of people around and maybe a lot of them were family members and maybe some of them had something to say negative about them and maybe some of them were saying, hey, you don't belong by Jesus. You've wronged so many people. He continued to say, Jesus, son of David. You guys know that's a revelation in itself. Son of David. David was given a promise through God. He said, you will have a man. Sorry, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He says, your son will be sitting on the thrones forever and ever and every knee shall bow at his name. So what he's saying is, the one who fulfills this prophecy, have mercy on me. And when this blind man gets to Jesus, his reality changes. What happened is when he encountered God, he was healed. When she encountered Jesus, he was healed. She was healed. You know who sits on this throne? I just want to go one more time into Revelations. And the Bible's gone. Somebody grab my Bible. It's over there. Actually, can you just turn on, Eric? The last one, I think it was Revelations 4, verse 4. I don't want to start from 4. It's too far. The rest of the worship team, if you guys want, you guys can get up. Listen, I don't know about you, but there's a crowd in here. You think your neighbor is going to judge you when you encounter God. We have this idea, and sometimes I have it too, that, man, I'm not worthy enough yet. I haven't got my life figured out yet. That's okay. You're not the one that sits on the throne. You're not the one that died. You're not the one that's worthy of all honor and praise. The first living creature looked like a lion. The second was like an oxen. The third had the face of a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of them had four, each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wing, day and night. They never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures gave glory to him, honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, and who lives forever and ever, the 24 who sit on the throne, fall and worship him, who lives forever and ever, lay down their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by you will there be created, and they have been, and, and, there, and have being there, and have their being. Guys, what I'm trying to get across tonight is your worship brings a different perspective into your reality so that when he rightfully sits upon his throne and we give him praise and honor that he deserves, just like the woman that had the issue, that changed everything. Whenever you have everything going against you, whenever everything, every hope that you've tried, every doctor you've went to tells you something, yet you put Jesus on the throne where he belongs, something supernatural begins to happen in your life. What can happen is we can all miss it. And just like Isaiah says, it can be man-taught tradition. Am I speaking to Slavic people here tonight? 
man-taught tradition will hinder you from encountering the presence of God and putting Him where He belongs. When we put Him where He belongs, everything else falls where it belongs. I'm not saying here tonight that we're just going to give God some praise, give Him some worship. I'm saying we're going to give Him some praise and worship with spirit and truth. Because when we do that, whenever it's from your own heart, whenever it's not just the words on the screen, although they could be powerful, whenever it's just not that, something happens in your life. Because the way you bow down in front of God is not the same way that your neighbor will bow down. And why are you looking at your neighbor anyways? The elders. The elders. Guys, these aren't just some kings. These are the kings that were of kings. These are big deal people. And they bow down in front of the presence of God. And they bow down in the presence of Jesus. You know who else bows down in front of the presence of Jesus? Every single lie of the enemy. Every single thought you've thought about. Every single depression. Every single suicidal thought. Every single thing that is against you, forged to go against you, will bow down just as soon as we start worshiping Him because it has no place. Every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. That includes depression. That includes your knee. Guys, God is so much more. And just like George said, we cannot possibly worship Him with just our humanly efforts. That's why the Holy Spirit empowers you to give Him the proper worship that He deserves. Because let's just be honest, none of us are capable of giving Him the worship He deserves. None of us have paid the price. None of us knows what it's like to have just be in the presence of God and then all at one moment at the cross have the presence of God completely taken away from you and your guilt put upon Him. I don't know what kind of God you worship. And I'm curious, do you worship Him only on the mountain and in the temple? Do you only worship Him at church and in your life group? Is there certain areas that the King does not sit on His throne in your life? I beg to differ in my life, I can definitely say there are a few. I don't know how you guys are, maybe you guys are better than me, which is awesome. But what I'm saying is that when you put Him in the rightful place where He belongs, everything else falls into the right place. Come on, you guys, in your own words, just start crying out to God. In your own words, start crying out to God. If you want to kneel, kneel. We're going to call upon the presence of God. We're going to give Him some worship. In the center around the throne were the four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes. In front and in back, the first living creature was like a lion, the second like an ox, the third had the face of a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they would never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 who sit on the throne worship Him who lives forever and ever. They lay down their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, Lord God 
to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by you and by your will they are created and have their being come on there are areas in our lives that we need to worship God in because he's not the king of all those areas in our life only until you put him where he belongs will that issue go where it belongs Jesus you are bigger than every single area and right now father we repent we all together repent God because we didn't put you king where you belong Lord come on don't look at your neighbor don't look at me don't even look at the worship team I didn't pay the price they didn't pay the price they don't love you like he loves you no one loves you like he loves you God we give you proper proper worship God in spirit and in truth God with all of our hearts with all of our minds God Jesus you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords you've done it all on the cross God and tonight we want to give you proper worship God we want to give you proper worship Lord from the bottom of our hearts Lord we want to put you on your throne Lord Jesus you are worthy Jesus you are worthy and we 